Welcome to the podcast. I'm Rosa Coelho, your host, lifestyle entrepreneur, health coach, and speaker. I've gone from being in complete overwhelm, burning the candle at both ends, and watching my health, relationships, and business suffer, to creating a life with more joy, ease, and abundance. If you're ready to let go of the overwhelm, reclaim your health, and push past your comfort zone so that you can unleash your next level of success to create a greater impact, then sit back as we delve into conversations as well as bring on guests to share with you tools, knowledge, and real action steps to get you there. Listen in because you never know when you may hear something that changes everything. Hello, beautiful friend. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm thrilled to be bringing you this one with my good friend, Monique Guffins. This is Monique's second time on here, which is so cool. This time we're talking all about perimenopause and exercise in particular, and we also touch on some nutrition and lifestyle factors. This is awesome. I have been wanting to want I've been wanting to have someone on to talk about this phase of life for some time now. It this phase of life can really it typically hits around our early 40s and can last anywhere from 7 to 10 years. Now, it's different for everyone. Of course, we're all unique and different. And so some women might already be in perimenopause in their late 30s and some may not start until like their mid 40s. So it all depends on you. But either way, things do change for us as women and there's no avoiding it. So I found that this episode was incredibly empowering in terms of some of the things that we can start to do to help us through this phase of life. So sit back, enjoy this episode. Hi, Monique. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Rosa. Exciting to be here today. Yeah, this is so cool. Second time on. I actually thought I'd had you on more than that because we talk all the time. I'll have to, uh, I'm sure we'll have more, uh, like a, a second part to even today's topic because today's topic is so amazing and so needed. So I'm grateful. Um, I'm grateful that you have the time to chat with us today. I'm ex- super glad that you have me on. And this is such a topic dear to our hearts that we can talk about this for hours. So we'll, yeah. we'll keep it to a, a minimum today. <laughs> Sounds good. You know, it's it's amazing where this conversation around women's health has come. Like we're going to be talking about perimenopause and menopause. And I'm just so grateful because I was thinking of like my mom's generation, like this wasn't even a com- conversation. Women just suffered. And really, it's quite a new topic. Like I would say only in the last few years has it started to become like mainstream conversation. And I'm so grateful for it. Let's start off simple, though. Let's start off with what is the difference between perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause? Like we use this language all the time, but it's not always clear for everyone what that actually, what the definition is and what it actually means. Yeah. Great thing to start with. So let's start with the middle menopause. And because that's kind of what we see as a buzzword online a lot and you hear it and maybe even your doctor has said, oh, it's just menopause. So menopause is really only one day. Um, which the whole phase three of our lives is a lot. We're up to like 30 to 40% of our life. We're living during the post-menopausal states of life nowadays. So think about that. So menopause really marks the day of 12 months of you not having any cycle anymore. And then the day after you're in post-menopause. Wow. Perimenopause is all of the years leading up to that one year of no cycle day which comes with most of the symptoms and they come and go a little bit lifestyle related. We'll talk about that a little bit more later on, but that can be anywhere from non-recognizable days to like 10 years. Wow. <laughs> so get, buckle up. And then postmenopause <laughs> is all of the decades, right? Let's hope post that day. So it's a longer period. It's not just a phase. Yeah, that's interesting. So really, when people say, oh, I'm in menopause, unless you're speaking to them on that day, <laughs> they're not in menopause, they're either post menopause, and they're finished with menopause. Um, in which case, maybe they're not having so much conversation around it anymore. But then there's the perimenopause where, like you said, that's where all the symptoms and all all the kind of trickier but even post-menopause up to like four to and again that's an average so yeah. there's one bit longer but about at least four years your hormones are still balancing out mm-hmm. um so there can still be symptoms 
very, very noticeable in your day-to-day life. Okay. That's so good to know just to have that clarity around it. I find the more we speak about this, the more clear we are even around the terminology and what this means. It just makes women feel less alone in this journey because this journey could be so difficult. Like the symptoms could be so erratic. And actually I was listening to a podcast not long ago where they were saying a lot of women are given antidepressants when really they're in perimenopause or maybe in that phase just shortly after um, menopause. So it's such an important conversation. What are like, speaking of symptoms, what are some of the symptoms that we know, like the hot flashes and maybe like the insomnia and that kind of thing, but what are some symptoms that aren't so spoken about that women don't always associate with menopause or perimenopause? Yeah. So gaining weight rapidly, but especially around your midsection. So maybe the skill is not necessarily something you keep an eye on or can balance out, but things are changing a little bit. So you're holding on to more weight around your midsection, which is a a big thing. Um, As you pointed out early on depression, it's very, very common um, in this period of time that you have suffer more from that. Um, as well as emotions, you can be much more emotional. Like think about the thing, the time that some people more have around their cycles, especially in younger years when you're in puberty, or or around when you might be pregnant. Um, your emotions are kind of in a roller coaster, and that's another thing that obviously is triggered by hormones. So feel that. Um, another thing is you might be less thirsty, so you want less water, even though everyone tells you to drink more water. Um, even that is affected as well by um, your thirst. Um, signals aren't there as much um and then the other thing is the loss of strength so you know that's what we're going to dive into like exercise as well but you are losing your muscle mass so if you're not counteracting that you might just feel weaker in time this is not an overnight thing of course it's just things that are slowly building up and you might notice other than the hot flashes and right interesting now the thirst thing is really interesting i never i hadn't heard that one before everything's it's harder the body has a harder time of coping with stress and this is where depression or emotions play a role in as well and then the the cortisol hormone is something we learn and read and hear about a lot which is a big one that starts to fluctuate in that time and you can also call menopause a little bit of that midlife crisis right because it all comes together like you're just not feeling yourself anymore and then you can blame it on the kids maybe moving out or career change or Mm -hmm. things like that but it's all this the raging hormones inside of us missing things up. Yeah. That's interesting that you bring that up because actually during this phase of life and, and actually why don't we touch on the age? Like when does it actually start for women? The average age in North America is 51, but again, that's an average. And of course, yes. Okay. But when it starts, it, as you just said about 10 years prior. So in our forties, definitely. So anytime over 35, that could be, but of course, sadly, there's also women that go into like medical induced menopause during like a uh, ovarian cancer or live events like that, where um, right. the ovaries are removed. So the adrenals have no choice, but picking over overnight, which obviously brings a whole stream of other um, body imbalances with it. But right. Um, so, you know, we're right in there, you know, in yeah, the 40 you, you plus just- age. You touched on something interesting was that during this, these years, like you're, I, you know, I, let's stick with forties now, although we know it can start, like you said, as early as 35, but when you're in your forties going into your fifties, you're right. That's when women are really experiencing different, um, situations in their social life in terms of, like you said, kids moving out, aging parents. So they're looking after aging parents and all sorts of things. So maybe they are associating, the way they're feeling because of these life events, as opposed to it. Yes, that will have an impact, but also that it could be more than that and not just those phases. So that's, that's really interesting. And sometimes they're losing their routine a little bit too, because, you know, when you have maybe the children at home or young children at home, you're running around with them more, or maybe you're more active in your job. Maybe you get a more senior level over the years, which comes with sometimes less movement and more stress. Mm. Um, aging parents definitely comes with more stress or maybe more traveling or maybe you giving up to your day-to-day activities because um you know your your social team it could be a soccer team or a tennis club or whatever it might be might fall apart for many reasons as well so so many little things are happening but then you know realize that actually your stress goes up or your activity goes down which is not how we want to see it 
Oh, it's a lot to navigate, my goodness. Um, what what do you feel? Because it seems it feels so complex and so overwhelming in some ways, in many ways. What is the first thing that someone should focus on if they're like, okay, I'm definitely in perimenopause. I need to get like a grasp of this because I don't want to feel like this all the time. Where should they start? We love to say go back to basics, right? Like really diving into a few key things that are seem so for us, maybe so normal or so that's a great way to start, but maybe you haven't thought about that. Think about of your daily activity. And I'm not talking about going to the gym five days a week, doing CrossFit or, you know, yeah. Olympic levels of anything. I'm just saying like movement. Um, how stationary are you? Are you literally going from like bed to the kitchen, to the couch, to your office and backwards? Like tracking your steps. And it doesn't even have to be on a ring or a watch or anything. You know, you've been, you haven't taken any steps. You don't need a watch to tell you that, right? Did you go outside for a walk? Did you take a moment to do any type of other activity? If you have a dog, great. But did you actually walk with the dog or was it only 10 minutes? So movement is one. Hydration. And I'm not talking about a glass of wine or coffee because those <laughs> alcohol and caffeine are toxins, which are only elevating the stress level even though in the moment it feels really good yeah. um water water or herbal tea or anything in that direction so making sure you hydrate enough and a lot and that might be shocking to some to hear really thinking about like half a gallon to a gallon or let's do it in liters two to four liters a day not two glasses a day. yeah uh, a lot of water um flushing things out so movement water and stress how are you coping with stress? Are you doing any form of journaling, meditation, um, sitting on the porch with your cup of tea, um, if, mm -hmm. ice bath, hot top, right? All of the things you might want to do for you, reading a book. So is there any you time where it's all go, go, go right. to give your body a moment to cope with stress as well as sleep? Are you sleeping enough? How is your bedtime routine? Are you going to bed early enough to wake up early enough? Are you constantly exhausted? then there's something has to change. You shouldn't feel constantly exhausted. Right. And what are the consequences? Like if someone isn't they're like, oh yeah, yeah. Water, stress. I don't have to, like, I can, I can hear it already. Oh yeah. I, it would be great to have time to have that cup of tea, but I don't have time or I, I don't have more than the 10 minutes to take the dog out for the walk. Like what are the consequences of not rearranging your calendar to start to make these changes, these really simple changes? priority right is it not important for you mm -hmm. like instead of like i can't take it more than 10 minutes i don't want to take more than 10 yeah. minutes i can take a walk i don't want to take a walk because if you say it to that uh, to yourself or better out loud to somewhere else is it, it doesn't it sound like oh wait do it i want to well do you <laughs> right that's what we're coaching trying to put uh get out of people but taking that exercise doing a time audit Right. And you can be as precise of writing down for a week long or a day long, every 15 minutes, what you're doing. Right. And are they all priorities? Like how long are you scrolling on social media? Right. If that's an hour a day, it sounds like a lot, but it's not. We all do it. Yeah. Um, that hour could be spent elsewhere. Or could you, how important is that Netflix show? Maybe it is right. Because it's a family time thing. So I'm yeah. not saying all these things are wrong, but where can you improve time? There's always ways. You just have to really be honest to yourself. And is that because the consequences of not doing this are going to make the symptoms worse? Like why, why would you say to a woman like, okay, it's really like, you need to take this seriously. I know it sounds really simple. I know like it's just hydration. It's just this, but like, why would you say that they really need to make this a priority? Like take this seriously and not just like another thing to do for six weeks or whatever it is. I think prevention, right? Knowing that so many that disease or illness born start with not coping with stress properly, not eating properly, like a lot of processed foods and sodium and sugars, they brew things within our body. So it's your own health. Like, do you want to be around for a long time for your friends and your children and yourself or not? If you don't, if you see the, the inches adding on over the years, if you don't stop that, that means you have a lot of problems with your organs down the road because we're not supposed to be super overweight, right? Like, and bone density and like things like osteoporosis happen when we don't look after our body diseases, heart diseases, like diabetes, insulin resistance, like 
our body is going to have a harder time fighting it by ourselves. So if we want to live a healthy life, we have to start yesterday with small things, not next week, not next year, um, or not when it's, it's never too late, but it's getting harder and harder. And when certain yeah. illnesses are there, they're much harder to overcome than preventing them. So I think this, we just have to really dive into it. Like, do you want to live a healthy, long life? Or do you want to walk from doctor to doctor, um, from medical bill to medical bill? Like, it's up to you. But we have to do something if you're not doing all of these things. Because your body needs you to look out for yourself. I love that you touched on that because it's it we're at the phase of life where it's no longer about, yes, weight loss is important if you're overweight. It's an important part of health. But I think what really shifts for us in our late 30s, 40s, 50s is that the weight loss is no longer about looking good in that swimsuit. It really is important for our health. And so doing it also in a way that is along with the prevention of disease is key and not just, you know, a crash diet to look better. Like it's, it's gotta be so much bigger than that at our age. If we do want to live a life with vitality and energy and, and all the things. Yeah. yeah it's like, do you want to survive or you want to thrive? Because right. your body is in like so many people been to so many things and you're like, wow, how did you even do that? But your body has this survival mechanism, which is that cortisol hormone is a big part of that. Right. It like, and make sure you get through things. When people say fight or flight, like you're in that stress mode all the time, right. your body will survive. That's its core mechanism. But you're not thriving. You're not feeling right. good. You're not even looking good. And I'm not talking, as you said, about the size of your clothing, no. just about your 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 eyes and your, your skin mm-hmm. and your sparkling when you do things. But if we're not, it's just, it goes downhill quickly. And the body will not give up. That's the thing. I'm not hungry. Mm -hmm. I'm not thirsty. I'm not tired or I'll sleep later. You can do all these things, but you're not feeling good. And the thing is, sometimes we forget you always have a headache. So you don't even notice it anymore. You're always tired. That's just who I am. No, that the new you or the better version of you is not always tired, is not feeling achy and pains all the time. You don't have to just live with that because you're getting older. Right. So do you, are you saying like, despite what our body is going through, through perimenopause and menopause that despite all that, we can still feel really good. It's not a reason to feel terrible all the time. I'm sure there's, there's fluctuations that we will go through and we're going to feel those symptoms and they're not going to feel great, but it doesn't mean that has to be our everyday Absolutely not. No. And you also don't want to sit and wait for it to get better because it doesn't work. We need to take our own life back in control and back in action. And as we just already said, you haven't heard us say that you have to spend 10 hours in the kitchen a day or, you know, being in a a gym every day, every day. Like there's none of these things we're even talked about yet. We're just talking about basic things like drinking water, going to bed on time um, and eating mostly whole foods. We haven't even really touched on that. It's not a really, really good thing. We'll touch on nutrition next. I I like that you're saying that is that I think until now, the idea, and if I think of like my mom and her generation and even watching her go through it, not that we ever had conversations over it. I just saw her with the hot flashes and all of a sudden her and her friends would, you know, it'd be winter and they'd have their coats off, (laughs) like, but there was never a conversation around it, but it always felt like a phase of life that you were just waiting to get through it, that you just had to wait, that there was nothing that you we're going to do yet if this phase lasts eight nine ten years or more you don't want to be waiting for it so you don't i don't want to be wasting that time that. either and we right. both have vital moms i think your mom's in her 80s my mom's in her 70s and she mentioned like oh it's too late for me all these things you now learn and know but you know thanks yeah. to our previous generation we learned all these things because they're the ones that started to speak up for themselves and you know, that the medical world is diving a little bit more into research and stuff because yeah. to a few years ago, there wasn't much of people out there helping us, but they're, you know, I know your mom too. My mom, they're still working out in their way. They're still walking, they're cycling, they're doing all yeah, these things. Great so we definitely out. have some good genes there, but we want to not hope for the best. We're going to make yeah. the best. of them. Well, good genes. And also like my mom, and I'm sure yours too, like my mom was just, I wouldn't say she's into health, health is just her life. Like she's always had her own garden. She's always moved. She's always lifted heavy things. She's always been active. She doesn't 
it's just a little bit old school. Like she doesn't think, oh, I'm being healthy. It's just the way she is. And so she's been a great role model for that. She's never been into processed foods or any of the things. So in a way it's been a great, um, great to watch her thriving in her eighties more than some people in their fifties. It's incredible. Um, so let's talk, let's get into nutrition when it comes to nutrition. Are there some things that women need to change at this phase? Cause we often hear, I haven't changed anything, but the weight is coming on. It must be my hormones. And so there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, but are there, are there changes that women can make in this phase of life that can help to feel better, to shift some of the weight and so on? Yeah. So as you just said, the smaller life changes, but the better things will be in that particular part is like, if you're not already doing any form of scheduled exercising, like starting, as you just said, lifting everything, starting to do some resistance work because resistance training, like I know you always said in your podcast too, yeah. but it's going to give you that sense of empowerment. It's going to make you feel badass, right? But it's important to stimulate the muscle because after that 30, 35 mark, the body does not want to keep muscle. It wants to replace it with body fat, really. Not that muscle ever turns into fat. It's two different things. But the body wants to let go of lean muscle mass, which is our main energy burner in the body. So right there, you can see if you lose that energy burner or some of that, you're not changing anything else. You're automatically adding more body fat. Yeah. So making sure you're starting to pick up some heavy weights or some resistant bands or stepping into a gym or do some work at home, right? And I know a lot of people say, oh, let's start with body weight. But you know, too, body weight is really hard. Yeah. Do a push-up. It's much harder for me, at least, to do a push-up than pushing a dumbbell forward, right? Yeah. So don't be afraid, but lifting would be really good, as well as really looking at your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, protein. Yeah. <laughs> Something we both really talk about, but everyone does not eat enough protein without you know, doing a little bit of a food audit, as you call it, making sure you're eating enough protein. And I can tell you, and you know this too, if you don't focus on it, you don't eat enough protein and you don't probably eat enough fiber, which are two key things. So you want to increase your fiber, not from supplements, from real foods, like fruit and vegetables and grains and eating protein of any shape or form. Let's talk about the protein because that's definitely the one thing that I, I find with women when I look at their nutrition plans is it's the the protein that's lacking. So how much protein should someone be focusing on um, and how can they start to introduce it if they're not used to eating that much protein or they're worried that it's too much protein? I think if you've never tracked food or really been aware of that, trying to eat protein with every meal is already challenging to start with that. Now, people might ask, what is protein? Obviously, you can Google this, but making sure it's real protein because nuts are fat first and then protein, right? Right. Uh, Legumes are carbs first and then protein. So we're really talking about the main staples of protein with every meal. And if you're telling me you only eat one meal a day, that's a problem too, but that's the second point. So let's try and and eat three meals a day, right? With protein. That is probably already doubling your protein intake. Right. And then if you want to take the next step farther, track your food in any of the paid or free macro apps, you're just tracking your food. We're not even asking you to look at certain goals, but like thinking if that amount of protein comes anywhere near your body weight, we're not saying it has to be your body weight. There's a lot of different ways you can do that, but let's see if it's anywhere near that start. And it probably isn't. So give us an example, like with the numbers, give us an example. So someone listening knows like, okay, I should eat this much for my weight. Let's say a hundred grams of protein. That is for most of us, a great start. Yeah. Now, of course, there's some that want more because their goal is more towards even building more lean muscle mass Mm. or, or they have different like views on food, but let's start with a hundred grams or three meals a day with that 20 to 30 grams of protein. Hey, equals almost close to hundred grams too. But let's really start there and then see where you, how far you want. Because we know not everyone wants to like dial in and track every morsel of food or have a whole meal plan light up for the week. We would love that. Yeah. But I'm happy if you just do a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. I, most women need to be definitely over hundred grams of protein, but if you're only consuming 60, 70 grams right now, that hundred grams is such a good solid base to first get to like I find women 
kind of want to go from zero to hero. So they want to go from like maybe 60 grams to all of a sudden needing to eat 140 grams of protein a day. But that that can be so overwhelming, not only like mentally, but also physically on your body. So I like that, that you suggest that, like get to that hundred grams first, get consistent with that. And then you can start to tweak it more to your actual body size. And it's similar to the water. I mean, just throw out some goals of like maybe that two to four liters a day, maybe three liters your ideal goal. But if you're now knowing that you only drink one glass of water a day, no, it doesn't work. It's small and simple steps. They don't have to be complicated. It yeah. can just be a glass of water every few hours, um, a little protein, um, finding whatever workout works for you. And if that's at the group class or a home workout or lifting session at gym or getting a personal trainer, all these things, but start with small goals and don't just don't put everything all at once because we fail because we just talked about the stress level. Yeah. We don't want to increase it. That's <laughs> right. That's right. How important is fiber? You talked about protein and you mentioned fiber as well. Talk to me about fiber because that's something that we don't often talk about because it's not one of the typical macros, right? We hear a lot protein, fats, um, and carbohydrates, but we don't talk about the actual like fiber and why that's so important. Fiber has, you know, again, if it doesn't come from a powdered version of a fake processed version, yeah. that is whole foods, right? right. And the next to the protein part. So that means you're eating a lot of uh, fruit and vegetables. And the thing is, fiber is really good for detoxing the body because you eat, the liver does that, but it needs some help here. When you're eating it, the roughest of the fiber pushes literally things from top to bottom and we need to go to the bathroom, it's fiber, right? right. So it brings things out. And all of our, uh, not all, but a lot of our vitamins, things that we're not tracking, it's really hard to really see, comes from that. There's so many like benefits of that. So, and also thinking about, um, Things like, you know, your roughest, greenest vegetables, like your kale and your spinach and all the, the arugula, or even if you want to take it farther, the dandelions, yeah. they're so good for our body. And we just forget about them very simply, but going to the bathroom on a regular basis, we haven't talked about that, but a lot of people think it's maybe not normal to go um, to say the word poop. Yeah. Three times a day is actually normal. And then you hear from people like, oh, I go to the bathroom every other day or once a week. I'm like, there's something not right because... How is your body getting rid of body fat cells or toxin that way? Or toxin. Sure. You sweat some out. They go out of your skin and things like that. But your liver is doing a lot of work and needs to push this out. So making sure we have a very healthy gut microbiome is very important. And again, gut micros get fed by fiber. So you need different types of it. Now, of course, there's people with maybe an IBS or another digestive issue and they cannot eat enough fiber. So there's reasons there, but in general, focusing on a little bit more, if you hear that people track it and maybe eat nine or 10 grams a day, it should be 10 grams a meal, not the day. Right. right. Yeah. And I find, um, you just taught, you just touched on constipation and that tends to be one of the symptoms that so many women, the amount of women that will ask me about constipation is unreal. And I know sometimes it is the hormone hormones fluctuating. So Sometimes it's just like one of those symptoms that you'll go through a little phase where you're impacted by that. However, I find that often people aren't eating the fiber. They're not doing the things necessary in order to address that issue. But it's such an important one because you don't want to have those toxins inside of you. 100%. And um, not drinking enough water is what things do, right? Your body needs water to flush things out. Mm -hmm. Not moving enough is another thing. Your body loves some movement. It just really helps it. Mm -hmm. And then another thing is we just talk about you're reducing muscle. And right. the digestive organs are also needing muscle contractions. So pelvic floor issues is also an issue that can happen, obviously, during pregnancy, but also during menopause. And all of these right. things are muscle related. So how do you see that everything kind of works together? Yeah, that's interesting. Another thing is we don't sleep enough, like, or um, gut microbiome has also its own circadian rhythm. So if we don't sleep consistently, because you'll talk to people with a lot of shift work, and again, nothing in their life, so there's things they can do, but it's harder. Um, your gut microbiome is off too. You might know if you're jet lagged or you didn't sleep well for whatever reason, your digestive system is different too. They all work together. So you don't sleep enough or you're too much in that fight or flight state, so you're stressing all the time, yeah. your body is like, there must be danger. We don't have time to go to the bathroom right now. So your digestive right. system kind of puts a pause. Right. If you don't eat enough food, not getting enough energy, your body doesn't have energy to digest the food. 
with right. constipation comes with that. And that's another thing people want to do sometimes or women want to do in menopause when they gain that weight. Oh, let's eat less. And you know, that's the opposite yeah. we want to do because then our digestive system doesn't work and then our energy drops. So we don't do enough anymore. And then the body doesn't have energy. It definitely doesn't have um, room to feed that muscle mass. So mm. it's going to let go of it even quicker. Wow. That's so powerful. I love that you brought that whole approach to it because when it comes to, and I'm just going to stay on this topic of constipation, because like I said, it, it just comes up a lot with women. Yep. And I, I think we need to be speaking about it a lot more because one, you don't feel good if that if that's happening for you. You feel heavy. It can make you feel angry. It can make you feel lonely. It can impact your mental health. Like it, the list goes on. But what I often get is what can I take, right? And yes, we will get into some supplements. Um, I know you're like me. We're not huge supplement pushers. There are some things that can help. However, that's not the answer to everything. Like I love that you touched on, if you have constipation, you want to be looking at, your sleep. You want to be looking at your fiber. You want to be looking at your hydration. You want to be looking at your movement. Like it's going to be a combination of all of those things and then getting all of those things right and consistent over time for it to actually have a, a positive impact so that you're not then um, suffering in that way. And just simply taking a supplement isn't, it's not, it, we're all looking for the easy, like what's the bandaid? What can I take so that I can go? Um, another interesting thing I heard is that sometimes women have the opposite where they, where they won't go for a few days and then they have diarrhea and they think that's actually also a form of constipation because what can happen yeah. is that you're blocked and then all of a sudden, whatever can get through, will get through but you haven't actually emptied fully. So you still haven't solved the problem. Like you haven't gone to the opposite end of that scale. Like it's still, it's still this constipation. So I really appreciate that you touched on that so that someone can look like start to have an overhaul of your lifestyle and, and say to yourself, okay, I need to sleep so that my digestion would work. Like your body works as a whole. It's not just like one thing love that and as you say what can we take it's the same thing of like you know what can we take to to lose weight or what can we take no you need to look at it's a bigger picture and sure there's situations where we need some help right yeah. but you don't want to start with that because it will just be one pill after the next and then yeah. where is it going to stop and everything always has side effects as well right um and also if your body is not can process things regularly without these medications or help things yeah, it's really hard. It's like with sleep with melatonin at some point, if you keep taking melatonin, your mm. body doesn't produce melatonin anymore because it doesn't need it because yeah. it gets it from somewhere. And then yeah, it's a Why don't we flow into, um, let's flow into supplements um, because I'm not anti-supplement either. I just don't see it as a first thing that you need to do. Let's talk about some supplements that can help along with the lifestyle factors exactly so we talked about and some people might not see the supplement but it is like protein powder we touched about getting in enough protein so for some using a protein powder can really help does it make lives a little bit easier to on the go or they're just getting into the groove of things right. it's great but we want to minimize that right it's very processed so mm -hmm. having one protein powder product a day is great but having five to hit your protein that's not a that's not me right. living on shakes and powders not whole foods yeah. we just talked about so that's one that can definitely help um vitamin d like we're both living in canada it's really hard to get vitamin d any other way we, do, we can't possibly eat enough food to get vitamin d like i know that even like i know this corona beers like the alcohol free ones are supplemented with vitamin d that's not the are way they? to get yeah, it's not the way to get vitamin D in though. <laughs> like it's not. So yeah. And you can do blood tests, but 99% of the population in North America is vitamin D deficient. So that's a good one. Vitamin B, um, menopause, a lot of different symptoms are affected by that. For example, it's harder to maintain and absorb vitamin B6. Um, vitamin B12 for a lot of the people that maybe live on a plant based type diet but think yeah. about energy too if you even look at the back of any type of energy type drinks that we don't want you to take but that can happen when we're feeling this slump and tired and does this but vitamin b complete um obviously i should start with this but the best way of finding out what you're deficient on is blood work right yeah. but then look at your own blood work 
because the doctor will only mark or the system will only flag when you're really deficient, but yeah. normal, we want to be more than normal. We're exceptional human yeah. beings. We're fabulous. We're strong. Right. We want to be more than just normal. So look at your own blood work and see what you can do with that or talk to a holistic nutritionist or a doctor, anything like that. That's a little bit more outside, just like these are the numbers and this yeah. is the box we need to tick because we're, we're more than that. Um, so protein powder, DB, and then adaptogens. Um, again, you want to make sure That's what that those are for the listener. What are ah, adaptogens are like herbs and spices that have been used for a very long time in a way of like ashwagandha is a big, Gonda is a big one people talk about, right. And it's reducing stress. And we just talked okay. about that can be a thing, but it's also a thing that if your body's very stressed already or doesn't drive well in these things it can make it worse so please always be careful with any of these things touch and go you're your own guinea pig i'm really sorry yeah. even if you work with a doctor or a coach yeah. we don't know exactly how your body's going to react and some things you're not supposed to take forever like estrogen but these are great but i think like holy basil as well where people might drink mushroom coffees that have a lot of adaptogens in there as well um they help the body adapting yeah. <laughs> and processing things and then another one I'm a big fan of is omega-3s, um, fats. We need fats, right? We need to eat fats. Like, don't be afraid for fats, yeah. ladies. We need to eat healthy fats. Our body needs it. But it's really hard in a regular diet to get enough omega-3. We generally get more omega-6. Right. But we need both because 6 is pro-inflammation. That as much as we don't want to be inflamed, we need our body to be inflaming sometimes because yeah. it protects your body. But omega-3 is anti-inflammatory, so we need to make sure we have enough of those as well. And sometimes it's hard in our diet, so supplementing with that can be great, um, taking omega-3s as well. So that would kind of be the basic ones I recommend. But then it's base-to-base, -base, uh, so person base-to-base, -base, like what yeah. they might need or benefit I love from. that. And I think the important thing is because, again, I get this a lot with people that I communicate with day to day, like Rosa, what can I take? I'm, I feel like I'm low energy. I feel like I'm low iron. I feel like I'm low this. And they just want me to tell them that supplement to take. And I'm like, I'm always very hesitant. Um, apart from a few things that I can touch on, I'm always hesitant to recommend a lot of supplements because you don't know the imbalances that it's causing on your body. And if you're not in tune with your body, like if you're not, if you're not in a super healthy state and you're not in tune with it, you don't necessarily know what they're doing for you. So some things I, I totally agree with you. Vitamin D is one that I feel good recommending to people. However, you should still get a vitamin D test done. I like to do one at the beginning of the season at, at the end of the season. And I'll never forget, um, one year we kind of had an early summer, there was a heat wave and I absorb from the sun, like really, really well. My naturopath actually called me at home. I had just done the vitamin D test at the end of the season. And she goes, get off your vitamin D right now. <laughs> Cause I was going over, I was just had too much vitamin D. And so we have to be very careful with that. The only one I would say if that I also like to recommend is a magnesium, but you need to search research and see the different types of magnesiums that are out there for whatever you need it for. Is it for sleep or is it for constipation? Which one do you want to take? And again, I don't know, like I said, I think it's really important to work with a naturopath or a holistic nutritionist where they can do the testing for you. They can read the testing for you. And I know it can be a little bit of an investment, but it's an investment well worth it. We're investing in our health or we're investing in trying to get better. And I'd rather invest in staying healthy the long run, but it's the guessing part that makes me nervous for people because you can really throw things off just by taking random vitamins or think you heard that this is good for this. And all of a sudden you're taking it every day and, and you just don't know, you don't know. So as we talked about a nutrition uh, audit, maybe for everyone listening right now, like have a look at what the supplements are you taking and remember why you're taking them. Because so many right. we bought because we, we saw it online, right? And this person advertising, this looks like amazing and so happy yeah. and so perfect. So yeah. it must be that one thing or that one green drink or whatever it might be. And it might be, might be exactly what you need, but maybe not. So have a look in all of your investment and see if you can save some money on these supplements and putting it toward, like, as you said, like a blood test or something. So That's you right. actually know what you want to spend the money on and then make that decision, you know, where the budget is like, 
what is worth it for me right now? Is it the yeah. new leggings or it's feeling this way? And right. maybe the new leggings is what you need right now, right? right? Not the extra pills. Yeah. And if you take your lifestyle, you, you start to implement these lifestyle changes, you start to feel better. Then when you go to see someone and maybe you are deficient somewhere and some taking something can really give you a boost and can really help you. At least it's not fighting against the lifestyle changes. Like you've already done that. You know that it's not because you're not sleeping. You know, it's not because you're eating processed foods, you know, that actually, you know what, I need a little help in this area. And, and there are professionals of people that are so good at, at um, the testing and understanding what you need specifically for you. And I think the moment they have this long laundry list of things you need to take and go slightly, they all have them right there for you. Run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that is something to touch on. And I think that's kind of what sometimes will put people off going to professionals is that they are worried. Like I have heard people say, and, and I've been with a few naturopaths cause I've had that too, where the list of supplements was so long and so overwhelming and so expensive. To be honest, I was going through mold toxicity, which is why I was dealing with that, but don't be afraid to move from one provider to the next until you find someone that you really feel they, they understand you, but that's with anything, with any profession. Some people have wonderful medical family doctors and some people don't, right? It, it's with, with anything, whether we're talking about like your average medical doctor or an, um, you know, a, a holistic nutritionist where whatever you're doing for your health, you need to listen to that gut feeling, go to someone there where you feel like you're being heard and that you're not afraid to speak out um, in a way that you can convey how you're feeling as well. Because if you're feeling intimidated, that's not a good sign either. But I, I do think it's, it's a wonderful thing to do at least a couple times in your life. Yeah. And as we already said earlier, like if you go to a health professional and they say, it's just your age or it's menopause or it's just because you're a female, no way. Like, no. And you know your body best, right? Like, again, every test can come back normal, but we can dive into all of these things. But even if your thyroid comes, panel comes back normal, it doesn't mean your body actually absorbed all the, the things your body's making. So really, if you feel like something is off, and again, you started with the basics, you yeah. focused on hydration and sleep and all these things, and it doesn't feel right. Still, you have to keep digging into it. You have to keep finding people and put some investment and you are worth the time and the effort to feel good. Like you don't need to feel that way. Okay. I think right there, that is like the absolute best advice I've heard because so often I think as women, we give up so quickly and, you know, fight for your health. You literally need to fight for it. So if you feel like something isn't quite right, something just is a little bit off, like start to listen to that intuition and then push forward. If you're not getting the answer that you feel is the right answer, you keep going and you go to the next person until you finally find someone. You know, when I got diagnosed with mold, I had been with a naturopath who it was a good first step. She diagnosed me with adrenal fatigue. So that was a start, but here's the thing. Adrenal fatigue is a symptom. So even though we were trying to fix the adrenal fatigue, we weren't getting to the cause of why I had adrenal fatigue. And for me, it wasn't due to stress. It was due to my environment. So when I, when a friend recommended her naturopath, I was slightly hesitant, but I went and she diagnosed me with mold and everything changed. Thank goodness. Like it was such a game changer, but you sometimes have to go through the process. So don't give up, like keep talking about it. And you know what? Have conversations. When I wasn't feeling well, I would tell everyone and that's why my client actually recommended me her naturopath, because you have to put it out there in order for the answers to come to you. It's not going to come if you're keeping it in all the time. And you, by how you feel, someone else might feel the same, right? And that's the thing. Like, we're all, if you look at people's lives, it's like all perfect and rosy and shining, right? But it's not. Everyone suffers or struggles with something. And I think, you know, we're just coming out of December right now. It's in the darker days. It's very common. Like, you don't feel that energy you don't right. feel that good and you just kind of don't want to talk about it and it just got worse you need to get out there you deserve to feel good and mm. if it's any of this perioperopause menopause symptoms that is as we just talked about goes on for years you can't suffer in, in silence by yourself and just hope for better things this is not helping that's right gonna have to you know do it coming back to the perimenopause um how can someone know that their symptoms are due to 
being in menopause or are there symptoms due to lifestyle choices? Well, first of all, everyone is different too. So I think we briefly touched about this before we started on the podcast, but like, think about your own cycle, right? Like your um, menstrual cycle from ever you were a teenager to later on in life is very different than the one of maybe your mom or your best friend, whoever, or maybe just the one you follow on social media that talks about it. Everyone is so different. Some people are sick for days and other people don't even know, right? Great. So wherever you fall on the spectrum, know that every single cycle period or story from anyone is valid. So there's not a one size fits all. Like, oh, I don't have that symptom. So it must not be mm. my lifestyle or be like a medical um, urgency to, to really do something about it. Same as a pregnancy. Even if you have multiple children, every pregnancy most likely was different. Yeah. So that's the same as this peril and postmenopause. And your hormones keep fluctuating. Like really, basically, your ovaries giving the job to the adrenals. And while they're doing that, it's not a very good sp- smooth process for most of us there's a lot of bumps on the road so you can feel very different cycles and different energy levels and and pains and hot flashes during that time um so it's really hard to diagnose and also for a doctor like exactly what it is um so knowing that it's normal to feel a certain way but then touching into what we said it before like your own basic lifestyle are using are you you are in a mold, right? Induced. That wasn't anyone's fault. It just kind of happened that be. But yeah. think about all of the things and toxins that we use on a daily basis. We talked about it earlier, but alcohol, cigarettes, but also like skincare products mm-hmm. because your, your skin is a very big organ. So it's absorbing all of these things we put in it. What kind of cleaning material are you using at home? Or get used at your job that you are if you're working in an office or in a building for for eight hours a day, five days a week. That's a lot of absorption as well. So really thinking how clean is everything I eat, use, be in contact with. And I'm talking as well of toxicity from like social media, the news, like all of friends, family. Like there's a lot of different things that come your way. So trying to be in tune with your body and really being like, okay, I'm doing everything I can right now. And I'm not saying you need to be 100% perfect because we're humans yeah. and that's not how it works. That's not how we work. Like I'm doing <laughs> what I can here. I'm trying to go to bed on time. I'm, not, I'm going to bed on time. Stop yeah. trying, doing that. <laughs> um, you're doing your resistance training. You're focused on what you eat. Again, 80-20 rule type thing I really like. It's not have to be perfect all the time. And drinking water. But do I drink water from a metal cup or from a plastic bottle that's been in the sun all day? Because there's a lot of chemicals coming from that as well like where can I make a change maybe it's a different skincare product maybe it's a different deodorant like all of these things where you can start um if they all feel right and nothing has really changed but you're still not feeling good could it be your hormones get it tested yeah I don't know if it answered your question but no I well just as you're speaking the one thing that was coming the one thought that was coming to me was that if you're, if you're feeling this, these symptoms, it's not, it's also, you're not to blame. Like, I think sometimes we put so much blame on ourselves and we think, oh, I have these symptoms. I must be doing something wrong. Or like, it's not a contest to see who has the least amount of symptoms because they're, they've done everything so perfectly. Right. Again, I like what you said is that it is a very individual. So you can be doing all the right things and you still have those symptoms. And so um, at least as you implement these lifestyle changes, you can start to help the symptoms to maybe not be as severe, but at least then you have clarity. You can go to your doctor or naturopath or someone and say, look, like I have, like, I'm doing my strength work or my exercising. I'm eating really clean. I'm doing really well. Yeah. I'm still feeling these things. What can I, is there something that I can do that can help? So whether you know, we haven't really touched on HRT because I don't think it's our area of expertise, but can, is there, can I take HRT? Are there supplements that can help me? Is there something that can help me so that I'm not suffering? Because again, we don't need to suffer at least to an extent. I think we can't avoid all symptoms. Of course, it's not about trying to get to zero with symptoms, but being able to function in life and enjoy life and not have the symptoms rule your life is really probably the, the goal as opposed to getting rid of them completely. 
yeah i think like anything like we're always gonna have like a headache or you're gonna feel a little certain way but you know if you don't sleep because of your hot flashes it's a problem we have so much insomnia you just don't sleep we just talked about sleep is like a core thing like your your digestion is off your stress is off you know your your insulin in your body reacts differently as well so there's so many things that we need to make sure we can sleep and we need to make sure we can move. Like if every step is hurting for whatever reason, there's something wrong. Like very simple things, maybe for some, but if you can't do one of these things, it really impacts everything. So you want to focus on that, but you don't need to be feeling fabulous and, and, and cheerful every day because that's not how it works. We have ups and downs, but you know, and we don't want to rely on motivation as well. Like you just have to go through the hard things sometimes. You got to have to do things. And also, them, oh, I'm in menopause or i'm in perimenopause or the same thing when when you were pregnant you didn't just for nine months laid in bed right you did things so sometimes you gotta have to face hard things you gotta get uncomfortable to feel better and you gotta make changes because not changing anything while we're getting older and things are changing is the biggest problem you need to make changes think about you know where i was about you but when i was 20 i was doing things that if i would do them right now even one day yes (laughs) No, it doesn't work. You know, yeah. you skip nights, you you didn't eat, you 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 had whatever breakfast that worked. It doesn't work anymore. Now we're hit 40, right? And when we're 60, probably doesn't work what happened when we're doing right now. So you need to change. You need to research. You need to listen to your body. And one thing we know for sure, aging can be gracefully, but it's not easy. Yeah. So you you have to make changes and you don't have to make them on your own. There's so many like different coaches out there that are happy to help you, but you still have to do the hard work. Right? Yeah, I love you that. And I think it's like a positive, I we can so focus on the negative side of this, the negative, like aging feels so negative and perimenopause feels so no, negative, but it's actually can be such an empowering phase of life you know it's a time where start speaking start connecting and you know what it's interesting but connection is actually they're starting to say that it's more important than nutrition it's more important than exercise it's more important than anything and I think so often we suffer in silence but actually the suffering in some ways can be a way to connect with other people we're in a phase of life where it is empowering we have access to so many things like it could be like the phase where you're like, this is it. Like I can, I finally have learned to say no, right? Cause that's something that comes with age. I finally feel pretty good about putting up those boundaries that used to feel really hard. I don't let people walk all over me anymore. Like there, there's all these amazing things that come with, with aging. And I think that's such an important part to focus on as well, as opposed to, oh, it's like so doom and gloom and it's so hard for women and this and that, like, it's so easy to go down that, but actually, you know, this could be a real phase of life for incredible growth and joy and connection and happiness, but you have to work at that too. You have to put yourself out of your comfort zone, but it's, it's possible. And it could be one of the phases of life. I love that. How you say that? You're so right. Like, this is the time to shine. This is time to prove things like for yourself, not saying for others, but like making some really clear decisions about your life. Like this is suits me. These are my goals. And this is not. And that could be sadly, that could be people's could be food. It could be certain lifestyles, but it's just moving on. And she said earlier, like a pill or HRT does not always is the answer. HRT hormone replacement. It doesn't replace nothing. We need mm. to move away. Like our ovaries don't know how to do things. We need different right. hormones. Like that's just how the body's working. So now we need to possibly fix that imbalance a little bit with a doctor. But like everything we just said, like in a way of like how much protein you need to eat or how much you need to sleep or what HRT or how much you need, there is no book for that. There's no mm. doctor that knows the answer. It's going to be like trial and error. And during that trial and error, you need to, be focused on all the other things you can control to see and only change so many things at once because we set small steps but also if people like oh i'm going to change everything tomorrow well how do you even know what worked and what didn't so it's a very gradual process and it's not i'm doing this for one week and it didn't work well that's right (laughs) sorry (laughs) or even like four weeks or six weeks or this you know i'm a big fan of i don't mind like um, and I used to be kind of against them, but I'm, I don't mind things like a 30 day challenge or a six week program. Mm-hmm. Or this. I don't mind those things. Cause those things can really actually 
be like a really good jump start to changing and you can learn so much and it can give you so much guidance. But the point is to not stop when it's over, right? To use it as like a, a platform to help you. If if that's something that motivates you, there's nothing wrong with that either. I think sometimes we could be so negative towards that too. Like, oh, it's, you know, you have to look at the whole year. You do have to look at the whole year. You do have to look at it as a lifestyle and not just like this little six week thing, but that's okay to do those things. If you, if you're going into it with the right mindset of like, I'm going to help this to just motivate me for a little bit until I feel motivated myself or until, you know, and we, all go through that like I feel even as a trainer and you as a trainer I go in within a year I don't feel motivated every single day I have a gym buddy that I meet up for accountability as well and I have different little 30-day challenges that I'll do to motivate me at different times of year like that's okay but the key is to have um a balance of all of it like thinking of it these little things that can help but also knowing that they're just a bit of fun and will jumpstart you but the bigger picture is really what's important Yes. I mean, I think also with those smaller challenges down the road, it could be like, you know, a, a little like whole foods challenge or um, I'm no drinking challenge or with around others. What? Can, how do you feel during that time? Because then you also maybe realize, like, wow, how good do I feel if I sleep eight hours a night? Right. Yeah. You don't know how good you can feel until you try. And again, one day is not enough. We all know that one salad's not going to change anything. That's right. One workout isn't going to change yeah. anything. But one workout's going to be the first of many. One salad's going to be the first of many. One good night's sleep is going to be the first of many. That. You need to start somewhere. I love that. Let's talk about coaching because you are actually a certified perimenopause and menopause or postmenopause coach. What are the benefits of investing in a coach and working with a coach? Great question. So many little steps. And where do you start? Mm. right where do you yeah. start because everyone is different we just threw out a few things but maybe like we're already drinking enough water so that's not where i need to start or my main problem is really this so with a coach you can kind of pick out a couple of habits to start on and you can have it stack from that point onwards and accountability it starts early on so even coaches we need accountability because we're so motivated and we're so ready to go. Motivation doesn't last. It doesn't yeah. for nobody. So don't think you're any different or any failure or anything. And coaching, uh, having a coach, you're going to roller coasters, right? Because things go great and then whatever happens out of your control and things scramble or the 30 day challenge is over and things fall apart. So with a coach, you have accountability. Mm. You have someone that you can bounce off ideas also that gives you ideas, but it's a two way street. Um, and keep improving things from where they are today. So different ways like that. And then a coach can work with you on like meals and ingredients and even like a little bit of supplementation, even if we just said that's not our main yeah. thing. Um, progressive overload in these workouts, because maybe you're starting with two 20 minute workouts a week. But at some point you might be ready to graduate to three 20 minutes workouts yeah. or you want to go to the gym where you make different goals and with a coach, you can do this gradually instead of just jumping from like Instagram to, to podcast to, yeah. to, to Facebook because you don't know there's too much out there. So the biggest thing with a coach is you're working together. It's a teamwork. And it's also don't think if you invest in a coach, any coach, doesn't matter what they cost, now it's done. No, then the work begins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, I love that. And you know what, when I think of a coach, I think of it so differently now, like, of course, there's the education part of it. Like you said, you're teaching people what they need to do for them when they're ready for the next step, like where to start all of those things. But it's also someone who believes in you before you even believe in yourself that they can see where you're headed when you can't. Like so often I've had clients where I, they they come in and I'm like, ooh, can't wait till you get to, like I know where you're gonna be in three months and six months and months. Like I'm excited for you because I know it works and I'm gonna see you there, but you have no clue. You're like a baby in this phase. And that's so exciting. So to have someone know that what they've got will help you, like it's so, so empowering. And sometimes, you know, you really are the people that you spend time with. It's so true. It's very difficult to change your lifestyle and become healthy if you're surrounded about, around people that that's not what their value is and you want to change, but I'm telling you, they'll suck you back in every time. And so having a coach is also that person that you know you can go talk to them and you don't feel crazy. 
where with your friends, you might, they might just like, look, look at you glazed over when you're like, Oh no, I didn't get to my protein <laughs> to my protein goal today. They're going to think you're nuts. They don't even, or they might sabotage. Oh, you don't, who cares? It's just one day or it's just this. Mm -hmm. Whereas you can go to your coach and say, you know what? I didn't hit my protein goal. And your coach might say to you, okay, well, let's look at that day. Like, where could we have where could we have prepared a little bit better so that you would have had that protein on hand or, or what do you think, you know, was the trigger? Like, were you extra busy that day or whatever, right? They will help you and guide you through that. Whereas the people around you, they might may sabotage that and not on purpose, but it happens. And so I think those are really the empowering parts of a coach that aren't often talked about. It's so far, it's so much more than just the education part of it. Yeah. And for the education part of it, your coach or us as coach, we keep learning too, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have to do it because everyone has their own career path, their own things in life they have to worry about. Yeah. I'm going to a person because of guidance, right? And I'm also hoping that they keep up with whatever yeah. is happening in the world because menopause, as we just talked about, the, the perimenopause, the postmenopause, that's not over yet. We just, right. the grounds are just broken of people even talking about it in public. Now there's a little bit of research. Now there's more and more people writing about it and doing things. So more yeah. to come on this. And, and we're yeah. going to keep learning more and then telling you more. But another thing is with a coach, they kind of sometimes call out your bullshit. Like yeah. I'm tired. Okay. So go to the gym and do a little lighter instead of not going. Right. Yeah. And it's not to disappoint your coach. We're not here to judge you. That's we're right. here to keep you going and also keep you accountable to your goals. You said you're going to go to the gym twice a week. I didn't force you to do that. Right. So now I need to make sure you're doing that and why you're not doing that. Of course. But for others, sometimes it's putting you back because we all know those that want to work out seven days a week and you need to do less in this phase. Cause we just talked about your body's already so stressed out. So it's not always that you need to do more. If you don't, if you're already training seven days a week, are you even fueling enough for that? No, right. because you need rest more is less in this next phase of life, but we have to balance that out because for some, we need to, they're not doing enough yet. And others doing way too much. Yes. Your coach is going to look at your lifestyle, your calorie intake, your sleep habits and work with that because some need to be pushed and some need to be wheeled right back in because things worked in your twenties do not work anymore. So you need to change something, but what? And this is where a coach is going to help you out yeah. what to change and then making sure you, you stay accountable. So if you're not, they might just give you some tough love or, get, yeah. you know, let you know a real mirror of what's actually happening. You're like, oh, whoops. Yeah, I love that. And you know what, Monique, like I've known you for for quite a while now and you are one of the most like dedicated coaches I have ever met. So anyone listening, like I don't want them to hesitate if they're if they just want to even just have like a little chat with you to see if the coaching would be right for them, can they get in touch with you just to just for that? Oh, absolutely. Um, you can always find me on, on Instagram. It's the biggest one I'm on, but yeah. Also reach out to me at um, feeling fiercely fabulous at gmail.com or on my website, or I look at all of them. I like, love that messages or things like I'm um, yeah I'm not that popular it's not that I get spotted so we'll be okay <laughs> you are that me. popular you're just not on on yeah social media all, all the time but I honestly can I say and I say that with all honesty to anyone listening because again the this podcast is really important that I bring on people that I'm in alignment with and that um I really trust and I know that anyone coaching with you gets treated so incredibly well so don't hesitate to reach out. I have one last question for you because we could keep going on forever. Of course, <laughs> we always could. There's always something for us to chat about. But let's finish with my last question of the podcast. And then if there's anything else you want to add at the end of that, let's do that. Uh, so this is something I ask everyone. What is something that you've heard or read that has changed everything for you? And of course, there's, you probably have many moments, but can you think of like one? so hard because there's so many things <laughs> but I would like to say like for me it's really like get in with the lifestyle change this is not a quick fix whatever you try to reach and whatever age you are right now listening or whatever you might think is your biggest problem is right now and it's never that simple mm -hmm. so what you want is not what you need Ooh. I think that would be because that's for coaching what and, and you want anything not what you need yes and then you can see that from like literally how you want to look your body or what you want to eat or what you not want to do 
wanting and needing is not the same thing and you need some help there i think like because we all want the path of the least resistance and we need we need to start battling in a good way Oh, thank you so much for that. So I will have your contact details in the show notes. So anyone can reach out to you. Um, Instagram, like you said, is probably the easiest and the quickest. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with? No, I just want everyone after listening to this. So whatever it is, make one small, one small attainable change in whatever you do, because none of us are perfect. Even though you have zero symptoms and everything goes great, change one little thing and see how that makes you feel. Love that. Thanks, Monique. Thanks so much for your time. And thanks for coming back again for the second time. That was so much fun. Thanks, Rosa. Thank you so much for listening in today. I know time is precious and I'm grateful you shared yours with me. It would mean the world to me if you felt an impact, a moment of inspiration, or learned something new. If you would share it with those you care about and leave me a review on iTunes. I'd love to know what spoke to you or what you'd like to hear more of. Your sharing and leaving a review would help so much on this journey to making an impact on as many people as possible. It's worth it. I know from experience, there are moments when something we hear has the possibility of changing everything.